Talkback Matters from the Salvos. Kingsley was a snare drummer in a Salvos brass band and he loved the applause so much that he left the Salvos band, left his faith and became a professional musician descending into a lifestyle of darkness. But I definitely understood the accolades and, and the encouragement and the applause that I would get for performing really well in, in the band. And particularly when I was overseas in the USA, I was, I was playing in the Washington Brass Ensemble, which is a Salvation Army band, and we got to tour around the US quite a lot. And uh, I remember being in New York and marching down um, one of the one of the big famous avenues where all the big apartments are, or something like that. Like, and they stopped the traffic in New York for us. And I thought, wow, you know, I just felt really powerful, you know, yeah. like that I was at the front of this band playing the snare drum and marching the band up and down. To, uh, Madison know, like Avenue or Fifth Avenue. Or Madison, something. that's it. Madison Avenue. <laughs> <laughs> they stopped the traffic, and it was really exciting. I, I loved all that. And and I I just wanted more of it. I you know I think for me you know like in hindsight I can look back and see the temptation that came across um, Lucifer as the worship leader in heaven and how the temptation to want to have the praise and the glory for yourself is so strong and and that's what took me out. That's what took me out of the church. That's what took me away from. Uh, the community of the local church and and led me into being a professional musician and into and into that lifestyle too. Uh, I think from the rebellion that you spoke about, you know, that um, the rebellion of of rebelling against the church and then or the spirit of that rebellion just continued on into the lifestyle of of um, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Wow! And how long did that go on for? That went on for over twenty years. Wow! Uh, it it um it was a long walk into the the black forest, so to yeah. speak. What sort of things did you experience that you remember that you wish you'd never come across or done? <laughs> uh, things that I wouldn't be appropriate to talk about exactly, on, on yeah. radio. The tra- there was a lot of trauma that came through it, um, and in some sense, probably re-traumatized. Uh, a lot of re-traumatizing that that came through living that lifestyle. The um, particularly, you know, like to ask, what do I remember? There's huge phases of my life, like uh, you know, three, four year periods. I've sat down in the past and I've, I've tried to to write out a, a bit of a biography of milestones throughout my life. And there's there's a the very large period which is what I call a brownout. Um, I experienced lots of black blackouts. In, in my drug and alcohol use, that there was this whole, you know, three, four year period where it's just a brownout where I can't be sure about anything that happened, yeah. whether it was even real or not, whether it really happened or or whether, um, and, and the things that did happen certainly can't remember the chronological order throughout that three, four year period. I was performing a lot. I was making a living as a musician. I was touring around the world and touring around the country, and and I had lots of people patting me on the back. I had lots of yes men around me, and that kind of made me, you know, think that I was doing pretty well until I got into my late twenties and things started to fall apart. Um, I was getting in trouble with the police more, although the police had quite often turned a blind eye to my activity um, and 
and behavior because I was a musician. And um, I remember one of the first times I fronted up in front of the magistrate and went through the charges. And at the end, the magistrate said, keep rocking on. Really? Like, seriously, this is what I was told. So there was a lot of social acceptability of, of being a rebel and being uh, that kind of, you know, out on the fringe of society as a musician and as an artist. Just hold that thought. What charges were you up against with that magistrate? Uh, I'd, prefer, I'd prefer not to yeah, sure, talk about sure. that. You know, I was sent off with a good behaviour and I found myself getting more and more into trouble with the police and yeah. uh, with my behaviour, just very antisocial behaviour. And um, and that, that went along with the isolation that, that came with drug addiction and um, going delving more and more into some of the more darker areas of society um, into, you know, like the, um, it's not really sidetracked, but up here in Cairns where I live, there's a Brett Whitley exhibition going on here right now. And I'm going to go and have a look at it because um, they're the type of circles of people that I used to mix with. And um, and it was very, very postmodern. Anything goes. If it feels good, do it. Yeah. It really isolated me from, from reality, so to speak. Um, so, I mean, the drugs were already isolated me from reality yeah. into a, a kind of neurotic world um, of, of, um, of fantasy. So, so coming from playing in brass bands, um, glorifying God out of the Salvation Army to to going into a, a, through a jazz course and playing a lot of jazz music and then to the blues and then pop scene, I ended up somehow into this very dark, um, isolated industrial punk scene, um, which, yeah, which is not the kind of place where I thought I'd ever actually end up. And it was really, it, it became very sad for me, you know, like I actually had a realisation that that's not, not what... I was what God wanted for me, and also it wasn't the way I was brought up to be. Um, a lot, a lot of the people that I was working with in the music industry and the art, that whole art scene, were really damaged people. And um, not, not to say that I, I wasn't damaged. You know, there was part of me that had been damaged, but I had had a good upbringing. There was, I didn't have the excuse to, to yeah. be behaving like that, like a lot of the other people that I was associating with who had had terrible upbringings, a lot of them. Was that the turning point for you, or was, did that come later? It was the turning point, but it wasn't the end of it for me because I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop using, and I had no idea of how to stop. I knew of drug rehab centres and things like that, but my pride stopped me from going into any of the, um, particularly the Salvation Army bridge program drug rehabs that I knew about because my parents were in Salvation Army officers. My father had done a, a um, an appointment at, at the bridge program in St Kilda for a few years. So when I finally did swallow my pride, um, I went in to the bridge program in Richmond and people did know me. They did, they did know who I was, yeah. but they said to me, it's so good to finally see you here. Welcome. That's Kingsley's story of recovery and road back to freedom. If you have a story you'd like to share with us, then we'd love to hear from you. Contact us from our website, salvos.org.au forward slash radio. Light and life. The Salvos Weekly Radio Show.